So in the morning, in the morning we were discussing the Hazrat Khajib Bahadi Naqshiban Bukhayram Tale is the Murad of Allah subhanahu ta'ala and so that these two words, one is called Murad, one is called Murid. The way Hazrat was explaining the difference is that he gave an example that if you go to the marketplace and you meet a friend of yours and he says that he wants to meet you, so you write down your address and some directions to your home and you give it to him and you tell him to come in the evening, that person is your murid, means they themselves will have to seek you out. As opposed to that if you meet some other person in the marketplace who is your very dear and near childhood friend, then when you see him, you are so happy, you don't give him your address and directions and tell him to come to you in the evening. You take him by the hand and you take him yourself, you bring him home. That person is your murad. So murid is the one who has to travel the journey to reach you themselves and Murad is the one who you bring them yourself on the journey such that they reach and meet you. So here Azaji then wrote that Imam Bahaudin Naqshaban is a the Murad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because this tariqah that was given to him as we did in the morning was not something that he charted out on his own and that he had to seek out and discover on his own but this tariqah and nisbat Ali and was something that was given to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala sought him out and chose him for this nisbat. And then Hazrat explains this concept to Murid Murad using the examples of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam as the Murad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Sayyidina Musa as the Murid of Allah subhanahu wa by using two comparisons from Qur'an. First, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam to meet him. So what were the words Allah ta'ala used in Qur'an? The first ayah of Surah Al-Asra, Subhanallah asra bi abdihi laylam min al-masjid al-harami al-masjid al-aqsa. So it means that praise be to that being, asra bi abdihi who took at night his servant and brought him to him. So here means the fa'il of this asra is Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Means Allah subhanahu ta'ala brought the Prophet to him. As opposed to in contrast to what Allah subhanahu ta'ala wrote about Sayyidina Musa in Surah Al-A'raf verse 143. And then when Sayyidina Musa himself came, ja'a is the fail, the verb. And the subject of that is Sayyidina Musa Islam. When Musa Islam himself came, limikatina and mikati means mulakat to meet us. So the difference is that Sayyidina Musa Islam was a murid. He himself came to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Nabi Karim Sassam is murad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself brought the Prophet up to him on miraj. Second example is that Sayyidina Musa Islam made dua to Allah ta'ala rabbish hadi sadri wa yasir li amri. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expand my breast and make my matters and affairs easy for me. So he sought Allah ta'ala and asked Allah Ta'ala to do shut his sadr and expand his breast. Whereas in the example of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu himself said in Quran, Alam nashrah laka sadrak, that Allah Ta'ala himself sought out the Prophet Sallallahu and expanded his breast to shut his sadr for him. So this is two ways to understand murid and murad. So then Sayyidina Hazrat Khadim Bahaudin Naqshiban Bukhari he said about himself, uh, that I am a murad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means that when Allah ta'ala after these six months of cubs blessed me with so much bust and then expanded my breast for the nur of this nisbat and opened up to me the tafsil of this tariqah so I feel that Allah ta'ala made me his murad Allah ta'ala gifted this and bestowed this upon me and sought me out for this blessing right Again, now here, Hazrat is saying this in a state of shukr, not in a state of ujub, but in a state of gratefulness. Just like if there are so many glasses and so many poor people, and then the king puts milk in the glass of this poor person, so the poor person is not going to have conceit, but the poor person will feel that the king selected me to put the milk in my glass, so they will walk away with that feeling of gratefulness and thankfulness that the king 
made me his murad and put the milk in my glass. It's in that sense that has a khajah bahadin. Like Shaban Bukhari was saying that he was the murad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, another way that he used to say this in Persian, he said that in, in, in English that I'm fuzzly. And fuzzly means that Allah Ta'ala has sent his fuzzle upon me. I'm living due to the generous grace and benefaction of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And later on you will maybe or maybe not see, but later on Hazrat Khaja Fazl Ali Kurishnaptale, because his name was also Fazl and because he often used to say that that Ham Fazli hand that we are Fazli means that in the Salakin and Artrika are progressing only and only due to the grace and favor and generosity of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Next is that Imam uh, he gave something which you can call a bushra. And a bushra means he gave a glad tidings. And then Hazrat mentioned that a lot of the awliyaullah have given such glad tidings to their students about the future. And this you can find proof of this or sabut of this from Quran al Karim that because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the Prophet to tell the Mu'mineen to do ittiba of him, the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expressed this is Kul in kuntum Allah, that say my beloved messenger Sallallahu to them that if indeed they truly love you, Fattabi'uni they should do ittiba of you, Yuhbibkum Allah means give them the glad tidings that Allah Ta'ala will love them. So sometimes it happens that when a person is given a path to follow, then they are told what will be the glad tidings they will receive if they follow that path. So here in Quran, Allah Ta'ala mentioned for the path of ittiba'i sunnah, that a person will get the glad tidings of becoming the mahboob of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So similarly, Khwaja Bahawdi Naqshaban Bukhari gave glad tidings and he said, that whoever follows this tariq, this tariqa naqshabandi, they will never become mahroom. Dar tariqa ma mahroominest, that whoever follows this path that Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon me won't be mahroom. What does that mean? Mahroom means they won't be bereft, they won't be deprived. But that means obviously the person who follows it, uh, and that's very simple, any institute will tell you that, a university will tell you that if you attend the classes and you register and you attend and you write the exams and you study and you work hard, you won't be deprived, you'll get a degree at the end. So this is not something bragging, but this is a statement of fact that if the syllabus and the curriculum and the instruction is proper, then the sincere student can never be deprived. And that's what Hazrat Khawaja Bahadur Bukhari meant, is that Allah has bestowed me with such a tariqah, with such a path, and inshallah tonight between tonight and tomorrow night you will finish the 16 asbaq and you will see that tariqa in front of you what are those lessons and that if a person is a sincere talib sadiq sincere truth seeker they will never become mahroom if they travel on this path Hazrat Khwaja Muhammad Masum expressed this very same thing in his maktubat and he said that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with such a tariqah, such a path leading to his closeness that other than the laziness of the salik, there is nothing else that can be an obstacle on this path. Means there's nothing that can prevent the salik from reaching the goal of qurb with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other than their own laziness. So that is obviously not a flaw of the path. If somebody doesn't do amal themselves, doesn't make the use of the, doesn't do the dhikr muraqabah themselves, doesn't adopt taqwa haya, ikhlas themselves, doesn't follow shriya sunnah themselves, then they have their own laziness to blame. There is no other obstacle on this path. In one of his writings, he has said that I had a kashf, which that, if you remember, we explained to you what kashf was two years ago. So I had an unveiling. 
And it was, I could perceive through my inner perception and my spiritual insight that the nur of the Nisbat Naqshbandiya is such a vast nur. So he used this famous Arabic words for this Bahri Muhit. And Bahr means a ocean. And Muhit means an all-encompassing ocean. Which means, in other words, it's literally Muhit, but it means a limitless, bottomless ocean. Uh, and I saw the nur of the Nisbat of Naqshbandiya like this vast ocean. Shah Abdul Aziz Ramtale, uh, whose father was also Naqshbandi, he used to say that, uh, used to say that when a person will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when a mu'min gets a wasl with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, wasl doesn't mean union, wasl means that when they reach the kurb of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you can imagine there's a maqam called maqam kurb. So wasl means that a person reaches that maqam of qurb doesn't mean that they become one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or they touch Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when a person is wasl with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they become such that even all of the put this way, the lazat or the halawa, the sweetness and pleasure of that qurb with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a person forget all of the sweetness and pleasure that they got in their kafiyat of zikr. Which means the real feeling the real lutf, the real kafir, the real hal is that feeling of qurb with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't know exactly how this, but fair. Uh, and then this the, this kafiyat is something that is bayrang, which means it literally doesn't have any color. It means it doesn't have any hue, it doesn't have any tinge, it doesn't have any aspect. It is a pure, unadulterated, raw uh, kafiyat, which is that feeling of being close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas the suggestion here is that the other kafiyat that a person gets during the journey, as opposed to when they reach the destination, the kafiyat that they experience during the journey have different hues and tinges. And again, you will understand more of that in the night majlises, different sifat of Allah ta'ala, different tajaliyat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, different ayat of Quran al-Kareem. So each kafiyat has its own particular hue, tinge, color, flavor. But this ultimate, when a person reaches the manzil, and gets maqam kurb they experience a kafiyat that has no flavor whatsoever. So all of this was the Urdu explanation of the Persian line that Shah Abdul Aziz had said. Uh, and literally what he said is that the nisbat of Naqshbandiya has no salt. That's why I paused for a little bit, but then when we read the explanation. So by no salt, he meant it has no flavor. But by no flavor, what it means is it has purity and flavor. It has no single flavor, it has all of the flavors inside of it. The next then fazilat of, uh, so the first fazilat was ittiba'i shriyat and sunnat. Second fazilat was the fact that the silsila goes through Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. Third fazilat was the way Hazrat Khwaja Bahaudin Naqshbana got this tariqa by being the murad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fourth fazilat of the silsila of the Naqshbana Mujaddi is what they call indiraj al nihaya fil bidaya, that the end of others is included in the beginning. Now what does this mean? Uh, so here Hazrat has made it clear that the linguistic definition means that Allah Ta'ala has placed what is at the end of other tariqahs at the beginning of this tariqah. However, Hazrat said, and I remember last year he said it very sternly and it's written also that this does not mean that the first step beginner Salik on Naqshbandi Sisla is going to get what the great Mashaik and Uliya of Chishti and Qadri Sisla get at the end of their Wilayat and when they reach the Maqam. That's not what it means. It's just referring to the method of Zikr, Tariqah, in terms of the staircase, like to use as an example. So in the other Tariqahs, their end would be Muraqabah. 
and as the last few steps on the staircase of the other Tariqa, staircase to the Qurb of Allah SWT, will be Muraqaba. And this silsila, maybe this is one of the reasons Allah Ta'ala made this silsila akrab and as'al, or most close and most easy, is that because in the beginning stages of this tariqa, a person does muraqabah. So it's about the features of the path. It's not saying anything about the salakin, that you get happy and think, I just gave bayt, and I got in the height of the oliyah, just in the bidai of my bayt. So it doesn't mean like that. And another meaning of this is that the other tariqas, the second meaning of this is the other tariqas start with zikr lisani, uh, and whereas our and later they end up on zikr kalbi and our tariqa starts with zikr kalbi means they start where other sasla ends in terms of the tertib or the sequencing of the asbaq but one of the benefits of that is that the f- sweetness or pleasure or feeling that a person gets in muraqaba if they're on the and they get that pleasure sooner because they do muraqaba from the very outset. Then Hazrat Mujadullah in a very long uh, passage that Hazrat has quoted from the Muqtabat al-Baniya, volume number 2, letter number 43, he has explained in detail this concept of Indiraj al-Nahaya fil So we quote that some of the Mashaykh, and may Allah Ta'ala preserve all of their secret, from the different silsila and tariqa, they have said this, they cast a doubt on the earlier statement of Hazrat Khwaja Bahaudin which is in the Rajan Nahaya Fil Bidaya. And they are confused about the reality of this statement and they don't view this to be, uh, they don't view that the beginner on the path of tariqa Nakshabandiya is equal to the person who is the Muntahi or who is climaxed on the path of the other tariqa. So then Imam Rabban Tanrit said, I'm surprised that why have they taken this to be the meaning of the sentence? That why do they think that this is the meaning? That the beginner on this path is like the person who has reached the end. This is not what is meant by Indiraj and Nahaya Fil Bidaya. But actually, this sentence means something else altogether. And the sentence does not mean what they are thinking. What does it mean? He's saying that, in other words, that in the end what it means is simply that the later aspak of the other silsilas, yani muraqaba and zikr kalbi, are done in the beginning of the silsila, and that this silsila begins with zikr kalbi and muraqaba. Then he continues that the other purpose of making this statement is that in this tariqa of mashaykh and akshaban, the sheikh, who is the muntahi, or at the end of this tariqa, by means of his tawajju and tasarruf, so that I explained to you also last year as well as two years ago, by means of his tawajju and tasarruf, he, okay, he places the bounty that he himself has received by being at the end and climax of the path, by means of his tawajju, he puts that same bounty in the heart of the seekers who are still at the beginning stages of the path. So this is called in'ikas, which means reflection or refraction. So he puts the reflection of what it is in his heart into the heart of the beginning seekers. And they although, so therefore they are in bidaya, but then they get a taste of uh, you can say a taste or a flavor of what occurs to a person in the Nahaya due to the tawajjuh of their shaykh. And therefore this sentence has been spoken, Imam Rabbani writes, therefore this sentence was spoken truly and justly and nobody should have any doubt or be skeptical about its veracity or its reality.
and the beginning the beginner on this path doesn't is not given the hukam or is not treated at the level of a person who has reached the climax on this path but rather the jewels and nuggets that are attained at the end are sampled to him and he gets a flavor of that while he is a beginner So, for example, then Imam Bani writes that let's suppose that the person who is beginning on this path, let's say, as an, I'll give an example, as of death, he doesn't give a specific way, but let's say for some reason he is not able to completely complete the journey, he is not able to traverse the path of Saluk entirely, he is not able to cross the various stations and reach the end because that he never gets that opportunity in his life and no reason is mentioned, but let's say for example death or some other reason, still he will not be entirely mahroom, he will not be entirely bereft and deprived of those jewels and gems that were at the end because the Shaykh who was at the end placed a, in a cause a, a reflection of those jewels and gems that are received at the end the shaykh placed that in the heart of the beginner through his tawajjah and then he continues using now this example of salt so then he gets a grain of salt and even a person who has touched even Mm, like the example is that if you even put a speck of salt on your tongue you will experience the same taste of saltiness that a person who has a lot of salt so similarly that even if a drop of the climax is offered to the person of the beginning by means of their tawajjuh that can the shaykh the tawajjuh of the shaykh that can also be a meaning of this sentence in the rajan nahaya fil bidayat as opposed to other tariqahs where the beginner has to himself travel that whole journey and cross all of those stations and those those stations and, and travel that long distance until they can reach that end. And if they were if for due to some unfortunate reason and such a calamity were to befall them that they would not have opportunity to travel the entire path of Saluk and travel those vast distances, then they would not get a taste of what came at the end and this would be a terrible a great tragedy indeed whereas in this uh, so the difference between the beginner on this trika and the beginners who are on the other trikas now that we have made this clear what the difference is so those who are Arbabi Hidayah, those who are the people of guidance, uh, it should be openly and manifestly clear to them what is the difference between the beginner on this path and the beginner on other paths. And therefore, what they should want is that they should realize that there's no difference between the people who are Muntahi on both paths, because anyone who traverses the path of Saluk through whatever tariqah will reach the climax, but the difference is for the people who are the beginners on this path. Then he writes, Imam Rabbani writes that the Nehaya of the Mashaykh on this path is Wara al Wara is greater and greater, transcends beyond and beyond the Nehayat of other Mashaykh. And then he writes that you should have, whether you accept what I say or not, but uh, even if I was to speak justly, uh, and if you were to take my words, he's, again he's writing a letter to a person. So whether you accept what I say or, or write or not, if you were to be just and think equitably 
perhaps then you would also have yakin in what I'm saying. Because the Mashaikh on this path, when they reach the end, they are those travelers who in the beginning had already began to get the jewels and gems at the end. So that traveler who arrives and gets the jewel and gem at the end only, compared to that traveler who got a taste of the jewel and the gem in the beginning and kept getting progressive, let's say, taste of that throughout. So when they reach the end, they will have a different level of ending than the other traveler. That's the best way I can try to explain this to you in the English language. And then he quotes a Persian line which which means that the, that year in which the spring was good, that whole year will be good. So what does that mean? That a single good season will make the person's whole year good. So then when that person gets the jewels and gems of the Nahai and the Bidaya, that makes their whole journey uh, bejeweled and uh, decked and adorned with gems. Then he writes that, and then uh, the people of the people of the other silsilas, a group from the people of other silsilas, have said to us and said uh, that our end is also wassail with Allah subhanahu wa taala that we reach this maqam of kurb with Allah subhanahu wa taala. And you were saying that this is what you get in the beginning, so. So how can you say that, that what we get in the end is what you get in the beginning? So he's respond, he says that we respond by saying that we uh, only are speaking the truth and we are not saying anything that is from zil or has any shadow or any shade in us. What happens is, is that when you reach the end, so throughout you are walking in the shadow. How to put this with you? Let's say, for example, you have an object and you have its shadow. So when you're walking in the shade that is the shadow of the object, you're not really walking in the object. All the time you're walking in the shadow until you reach the end and you touch the object. So Imam Rabbanatha says that because you, in the end you have that same thing. But throughout the journey you were walking in the shadow. Whereas in our like imagine a wall of ruby. Um, I'm going to explain to you that. A wall of ruby. So you were walking in the shadow of the wall of ruby. And in our Sallallahu we were walking in the shadow of the wall of ruby, but the whole path was lined with rubies. That's the best way I can try to explain it to you. Uh, this was the response that Imam Rabbanatha gave. Uh, so it shows you that in a sense, uh, both things are there. That in a sense, obviously, the end is that wall of rubies. Uh, but at the same time, the person who is on treading the path that is lined with rubies, they get, let's say, a greater familiarity or a greater appreciation for that wall by the time they reach it. Then, the other thing which I will just start, but we will have to finish that tomorrow morning, is that the other fazilat of the Mashaikh of the Sasadi Naqshbandiya is the Jalliyat Zati Daimi, which, no, we will not reset tonight, but that is coming also in the night series. Um, but that as opposed to very simply and then we'll have to do in detail tomorrow Tajalliyat Zati Daimi means that Tajalli means what Allah Ta'ala emanates onto the heart of the mu'min so the mu'min has a heart kalb then whatever Allah Ta'ala sends into that kalb you can call it Tajalliyat Fuyuzat Anwarat Waridat all of that is the nur that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala sends onto the kalb of a mu'min and in Silsala Ali Naqshbandiya the nature of that nur when you reach these higher lessons which will come in the 20s in a few days at night that is the jaliyat zati daimi zati is zat as opposed to sifat 
which means that Allah Ta'ala has certain sifat like He is Al-Rahman, He is Al-Kareem, He is Al-Quddus and sometimes He sends a nur onto a person's heart from His sifat also but Allah Ta'ala can also send a nur onto a person's heart directly from His zat and this is a feature of the Mujaddidi Sasla that in the later Asbaq then a person gets the Jaliyat directly from the zat of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Daimi means that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Daimi means perpetual uh, without interruption, non-stop, uh, uninterrupted, so then a person can reach a certain level of wilaya. And actually, this will be explained better in the night series. There's not going to be much explanation of that in this book, but inshallah, ta'ala, I'm sure Hazrat will explain this in detail a few nights from now what this means. But this will be the next fazilat or superiority of the Naqshbandi Majalli Sussla that this is the Sussla where the Salat gets the Tajalliyat, Zati, Daimi of Allah subhanahu just a very brief comment uh, for some of us who are new uh, and even for those of us who are old, <laughs> right? That last night's, last year's nightly gatherings and this year's nightly gatherings, for some of you, you may find this to be very um, advanced. So actually, you should just imagine that sometimes this is also a way of training and education, that the deep, intricate perfections of something are shown to you and I was explaining to one friend that imagine that Allah Ta'ala through the majalis of Hazrat Sahib is drawing the curtain and opening the curtain and giving you, like we say, a behind-the-scenes look at the kamalat of this tariqah. Yes, after this itikaf ends, after this month ends, the curtain will be drawn again. But if during these days you get an appreciation for it and you get a love for it, and if a person understands the theory behind it, and they realize that find my own practice is very far from that theory. But when they get a glimpse of that theory, they realize what an incredibly amazing thing it is. Just like, for example, a student at university, maybe he walks in thinking he'll be an economics major. He takes an introductory astrophysics class. And in one ten minutes in that lecture, that professor unveils to them the incredible wonders and mysteries of the universe. All of a sudden, he decides to switch his major. Right? Because he saw that 10 minute glimpse Means he makes it the purpose of his life now That he wants to dedicate his life to that field So when Hazrat is drawing the curtain on these things And explaining to us in detail the theory It's because of because that Hazrat wants that we should dedicate our life to this tariqah And maybe we weren't passionate about it Because we were looking at our own amal And our own footsteps on the tariqah So if then we could be, have unveiled for us The footprints of our mashaik on this tariqah And the reality of this tariqah Then we would be more passionate about our zikr and saluk Allahumma <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>